I hate saying it for two reasons. <laughs> One, because it makes me sound like it does make me sound cocky in a sense. And then two, um, cause I don't want to downplay any orders, but stuff like that, where it's a unique, uh, logo, something unique and individual is those are the ones, um, that I really thrive on because they're different and they're challenging. Um, Hi, Shrip Talkers. Welcome to Talk Show with me. And I am your host, Paula, the Shit Talker. I mean, don't we all like talking shit anyways? <laughs> are you a creator? If so, you are in the right space. Talk Show with me is a place where we showcase and celebrate the talents, works, and stories of creative minds from all walks of life, while also raising awareness for mental health through providing a supportive space to share their stories, insights, and experiences. We will be discussing creative journeys, the high, lows, and the ways we manage our mental health through it all. Join us each week for inspiring conversations, useful resources, and a community of like-minded creators as we dive into the minds of creative beings to explore their journeys, struggles, and triumphs. So whether you are seasonal creative or just starting out, Talk Show with is the podcast for you. Hey guys, Talk Shit with P is back and today I have the awesome Ryan with me. Actually, funny story is I'm recording today and I have two Ryans I'm recording back to back. So, right, I get to hang out with the Ryans today. Hey Ryan, welcome to Talk Shit with P. Hey Paula, how are you doing? I'm good. So Ryan, um, where did the artisticness of you come before I get into exactly what do you do? Because you're an artist, you draw, I've watched you create an incredible piece that I'm so in love with that piece. And first of all, thank you for sharing that experience with us on Instagram. So how how, how did you fall in love with art? Um, it, It's kind of been a uh, up and down journey. So I, I don't know really where I got started when I was younger, but I did used to draw a lot um, when I was younger. Um, like I'm talking, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old is when I- Did you like, always like walk around with a sketchbook and some pencil? Um, <laughs> kind of, I, I wanted, you know, it, it is interesting. I, I'm really not entirely sure um, on my, like based on my memories, I can't remember if that was something necessary that uh, my parents, you know, got me as gifts and stuff like that. Like nothing like profound stands out. I just I remember drawing um, specifically actually like football players. Um, so I have a big sports background, fitness background. Um, athletics was really big in my life growing up. Um, and I don't know why I just transferred to, you know, I would draw football players, helmets, all this different type of stuff growing up. Um, and did that quite a bit throughout throughout grade school, but never really had just like one profound moment that sticks out to me. But um, I then took a break, like a long break, actually, honestly, probably until I started doing the science thing. Uh, I have some uh, definitely some perfectionistic tendencies Um, and in athletics and sports, you know, those are objective uh, in the sense that you know, if I lift this much weight, I want to lift this much weight, I can work on it and see, you know, a definitive number. Um, if, you know, it's a competition between me and somebody else, you know, there's a score, there's all these objective, uh, 
you know, things that can show improvement, show success, et cetera, where, you know, art is more subjective in the eye of the beholder. So um, me being self-critical and kind of perfectionistic, I think I reached a point where um felt like it wasn't good enough or just me being self-critical. I would like look at a piece and look at a drawing and be like, you know, I don't like the way that turned out or, you know, I like this, but I think this guy's is better and stuff like that. And so it wasn't, it didn't necessarily deter me from art, uh, but from my competitive side and those, you know, some perfectionistic tendencies here and there, um, I definitely moved more to sport. Um, so, you know, high school played, uh, played football for a big um, high school here in Kentucky. Um, that's a very successful program and stuff like that. And really just diverted a bunch of my attention to that. Um, but always, you know, even through that time, I mean, I've always been amazed by art. Um it just really the different techniques, the different views that people have, different pieces, just like the creativity aspect of it, where um, like I'm fascinated by um, abstract type paintings um, or abstract portraits and stuff like that, because that's something in my mind, especially being like perfectionistic, is something that I just can't comprehend. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work in my mind. So um, seeing stuff like that is very, uh, very cool. So yeah, even, even when I wasn't making art, um, still very into it and watching it. And then, uh, yeah, with this barrel stuff, just kind of was like, you know, I think I can do that. Let me, let me give it a shot and it's you know, grown into to what it is now. And how did that come about that? Uh, first of all, I want to say, um, I never knew I was such critical of myself until I came, I, I got into the content creating space. Like it's oh. so weird. It, it, it's so weird. Like my entire life I've been confident. I've been doing events. I'm confident with people, like just randomly talking to people. I've moved mm-hmm. around. So I've never been self-critical about anything. I'm, I'm always like, I gave it my best. That's it. And then when yeah. I started podcasting and, creating or even once I have my episode out and my brother who is my best friend shout out to Alvin he, he would always listen as soon as it comes out he would listen then send me a long voice note of what I did right what I should improve what I do wrong so I always look forward to them but I was always so scared because I'm like I don't want to hear what I'm doing wrong yeah. but you, yeah. you kind of need it to improve but I'm like I don't but those voicemails really helped me to the extent I started. I was like, you know what? The episodes where I was most critical, where I was even scared of pushing the publish, was the episodes where I was getting feedback on, oh my God, this was so great. Like, no mistake. Mm-hmm. And then the ones I had 100%, like, I nailed that. Yeah, that is, yeah. Those are the ones they come with, and I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? So I started realizing that I'm just sad on myself and I should just allow people to give me feedback because clearly with the feedbacks, I'm improving, but also it takes away my self-criticism because I'm like, I'm overthinking it. I'm living in my head. So yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> oh, it, sure. <laughs> but it's just funny that that started once I got in the content creating side, I think because there's this to prove like, I'm a podcaster, like I belong in this space. Like uh-huh. I'm an artist, like, you know, so I really understand that part and why it can kind of, especially when with art, people are very critical when it comes to creating art. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think there, yeah, I think it's just almost a, 
it's just like a product of creation in general. Um, you know, regardless of what, what you're creating, you know, you, you talk about, you know, your podcast and, um, you know, there are, th- there are episodes where you're nervous about it or, you know, maybe that wasn't the best one and it ends up getting, you know, amazing feedback. And there's others, you know, where you think you killed it and there seems to be a little bit more critique. And I mean, that's, you know, any of um, any of the paintings or logos I do, I I can point out a hundred things that I wanted to be better that I feel that I miss and stuff. And, you know, people won't even see it, but I see it. And then as far as, you know, the critique for self-confidence, there's been, you know, reels and logos and paintings and stuff that that I've done where I'm like, this is my best. And, you know, on Instagram, it doesn't do well. It doesn't reach as many people, get as many numbers. And then there'll be, you know, the one goofy thing that just blows up and it makes, you know, it makes zero sense to me on why, why that's the case. <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely can definitely empathize with that feeling of, you know, I killed it and then it gets nothing or I don't know about this and it blows up. It's a it's an interesting dynamic between the two for sure. And and you nailed it on the Instagram because social media is the worst. Oh, like I, I, I would take my time creating the perfect real being like this is it. Like I uh-huh. put so much love into it and no, and then the one I do is such a stupid ass shit. Yeah. And oh, the, yeah. I wasn't even sure if I wanted to post it. It was like, you know what? Fuck it. I need to post content. I'm gonna post it. Right. And now I'm blows out and I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? Like yeah. I just Yeah, there's uh there was one that I did where it was simply that I haven't posted content in a while. Let me just throw something out there. Um and it was a goofy mash mashup. I think it took maybe 30 seconds for me to create. And it's like one of my highest viewed reels. I mean, it makes, it makes no sense. You know, I've spent an hour on, you know, just manipulating and editing a reel that didn't do anything. And then you have just a quick one that for whatever reason blows up. It's, it's mind boggling on, <laughs> on what works. and yeah. what doesn't. But, but I feel like uh, with all that for me, it has taught me that um, I feel like for me, myself, uh, critic came also because I'm co- constantly comparing. So I had to remind myself that you just started this shit, right? And mm. you're doing everything by yourself. There's some people who started with a whole production team or they were already in radio or they were already like they had a background of it. You're starting from scratch, literally learning how to, to, to record, to edit, to find guests, to promote. So I had to give myself grace, like, and every style is different, right? That's why there's so many podcasts out there. And there are reasons why people have specific people they listen to, because every, it could be the same niche, but people want to go to that same person compared to this because they're used to their style or they relate to how they talk to them. So I was like, you know what? Those who love it will love it. Those who hate it will hate it. As long as I'm doing what I fucking love and I gave you my all. So yeah. With Instagram, I'm still uh, at this point. I'm like, I'm gonna just post what I feel like when I wake up. If I wanna spend thousand times creating it for the perfect cool, that one got all the love. If I'm just gonna post, but as soon as I start making money out of this shit, I'm hiring a social media marketer. So I don't do yeah. this shit ever again, yeah. like ever. That is the way to go. <laughs> yeah, no, that is the way to go for sure. Because it, it can definitely take a toll. Um, and unfortunately, I mean the pros and cons. There is a for obviously a blessing to it but you know unfortunately as far as growth nowadays social media is so um it is something that like has to be done but I, i'm with you you know when, it, when it, 
blows up, I'm I'm done managing all that <laughs> for sure. Like, like even with my personal account, I used to take time off and just shut it down, deactivate, and I'll disappear for six months. But when you're doing this, you really can't just shut it down and disappear for no. six months. You, you need social media for people to find your content and everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, first of my budget is a social media marketer. Like, take it off my hands. Because yeah. as, as much as amazing it can be and you learn a lot, you meet incredible people, you connect with incredible people, but it also can kill your your boost. Like when you see certain reels not making it and then a stupid one making it, but it doesn't have shit, it can really kill your vibe and your creativity. Yeah. Like, like, fuck, fuck this shit, man. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I mean, so I, um, before... I got into this in my current uh, like actual career in sales. I was in the fitness industry, and like you want to talk about killing your vibe, trying to create a fitness page and seeing, um, you know, just all these different fitness pages where you know they're even doing the exercise wrong or you know teaching something wrong. But you know, because of their look or whatever the case may be, they just you know blow no up. No Yeah. Yeah. The, it's uh, it's hard to it's hard to look at, you know, specifically Instagram with how much there is on there and, you know, not at times get dejected when you're in something like this, trying to, trying to build, cause you put so much work into your craft and get it out there. And, you know, you feel so good about your product and then, yeah, you see the lesser product, get more views, more likes, more follows, and it can, it can be dejecting for sure. Like you'd be like, do you know how much I had to go through to get the perfect <laughs> shot? The lighting I had to put, I had to wake up early in the morning to catch the perfect lighting. Uh -huh. and, and this is when, once I started doing this, I, I give it up to the Insta models, the content creators. Because in the beginning, back in the days, I used to be like, oh my God, that's such a cool job. They don't even do much. They just post and get yeah. liked and, and get companies. And then once I started doing it, I'm like, okay, now I understand why people used to buy followers. So I appreciate the organic people who like are literally growing it organically. That uh, shit is 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 not easy, y'all. No. So, so how did the idea uh, of making or creating art with the bobom uh, heads and the signage? Where did that come from? So. Um... You know, first being in Kentucky, bourbon is, you know, huge throughout the state of Kentucky. So um stuff. I like feel that. like when I got, I feel like whenever I come to Kentucky, I'm gonna be drunk from when I land to the day I live with <laughs> Bobo and like, there, there's yeah. I'm there's even scared. I'm even scared. Kentucky and Nashville are my two places that are on my list and that I wanna be mentally prepared for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's it's they actually had um a bourbon raffle yesterday at two of the bigger liquor stores here in Louisville. And um for each stores the first fifteen hundred people that got in. So I mean at six AM there were two thousand, three thousand people standing outside a liquor store hoping their number got called to get a specific type of bourbon. I mean it's it really is crazy. <laughs> for me, you know, it's just a normal thing growing up here, but you know, from an outsider perspective can definitely see where you know that'd be like you people are crazy for for doing that like it's just a bottle it's just a bottle of bourbon but it is that big here i used to think that until i started hanging out and following the um the bourbon community on instagram and that's how i ended up coming across your page and oh, i realized okay. there's nothing crazy about this you know what you mm -hmm. love your bourbon you love your whiskey do what you gotta do yeah Get the 
they they certainly do, man. They go they go over the top to make sure they get what they want. It's it's crazy, but um, yeah. So I mean, back back to that kind of how it got started. You know, again, so really, I mean, social media. You know, a lot of the content um, that's you know curated towards me on Explore and stuff like that is. Uh, you know, Kentucky related. And so in there is bourbon stuff. And I was actually on um, Twitter um, and I'll give a shout out this guy named Jay Lane. He does bourbon barrels here in Louisville, Kentucky as well. So um, he does it a little different uh, than I do it, but he was really the first one I saw that had colored logos on top of a barrel. So the like burned and engraved barrels is something that or they're everywhere. You know, I see them all the time. Um, that's really what I thought about when it was a bourbon barrel sign. Um, and then I came across, uh, this guy. And so, um, was really interested and he just posted a video one day on Twitter of how he does it. And I was intrigued by it and felt that it was something that I could do. And so kind of reached out to a couple of people that I thought may be interested, you know, Hey, if I give this a shot and it turns out, well, you know, would you want it? you don't have to, you know, commit right now. I'm just trying this out, you know, seeing what I can do with it. So, um, yeah, I gave it a shot. It was a Baltimore Ravens bourbon barrel head. I gave it to one of my good friends, um, throughout that process. Um, this guy, Jay, I mean, he was amazing. I would, I asked him, you know, several questions. How do you do this? What do you use for this? And, you know, he said, no problem. It's happy to help anybody. Uh, so he was a big help in the beginning and, um, it turned out well now, my barrels now from that first one are <laughs> significantly better, but it, it turned out well. And it was uh, something that I enjoyed, um, you know, one getting back into the artistic side of it uh, to cut the plywood that the logo is on that goes on top of the barrel. Um, I use what's called the scroll saw. So working with that was something that I'd never done before. And it was just a very cool thing to, be able to cut all these different shapes and curves and points and stuff with the saw. So something that I really enjoyed and it just, you know, barrel by barrel would have one friend say, Hey, I would like this. And, um, you know, just organically grew, uh, from that point on. So it all started with the Twitter video, which is wild. It's surprising how, Shit starts from just YouTube videos or um, those stupid uh, commercials on Instagram. You know, Instagram these days, every time you swipe two, three, and then there's an advertisement. Yeah, there's an ad, yeah. And every time you're thinking about something, you feel like you keep seeing the same ad. You're like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, I get it. Maybe it's a sign. So Mm -hmm. um, I believe your post from Steffi Signs, your first post was um, from November 29th of 2022. So was that uh, when you decided to start an Instagram page for it or, or when you officially started to take the the artistic bobblehead seriously? Um, that was the first time I posted, uh, I guess, took the social media side of it. Because I would say even at that point, it was still just like a hobby. So with the first one I made, I want to say the first one I posted may have been the Titans. I don't know whether it was the Ravens or the Titans one. It (laughs) seems like forever ago, but um, I remember when I posted it, I would send pictures just to friends. You know, I didn't even have a social media page for that, Uh, but just send it to friends and kind of videos of how everything was done. And uh, they started to show interest. 
and just some friends being like, you know, if you keep doing this, you should, you know, post it on social media, this and that. And so, uh, yeah, just made a page. And I always talk about this with friends. Like I remember, and I don't know why it stands out to me, but I distinctly remember when I had several posts on there and there was some word out there, but I remember when I only had 46 followers and it's saying like, I was just like stuck on that number for forever, which is fine. You know, it, it was a brand new page, but like to me, it, um, I remember like being stuck on that. And then, so, you know, nowadays, like seeing the growth I've had on my page, it's just, I mean, it's mind boggling. Um, but yeah, it just started as the social media, um, see if there's any interest and as it continued to grow, um, you know, it became a big hobby and then it got to the point where it was like, okay, now I'm having to put people on, you know, wait lists and stuff like that is, you know, this is actually becoming, you know, this is becoming something, this is becoming a business and all that. So, but it all stemmed from just kind of, you know, throwing it out there and seeing what the reaction would be. Look at you, Ryan. You had to put people on wait lists. Like, that's some shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's- you really need to be proud of yourself. Even with 43 followers or 46 or whatever the number was, you still had to put people on, on wait lists. Like, that's that's huge. Yeah, I mean, there's been uh, there's been several, you know, just benchmarks at times. Um, that, yeah, like, once I take a step back from actually working, I'm, you know, uh, very grateful, but also still just a bit of shell shock, you know, that it's, it's become stuff like this, you know, one being a, one being a wait list, whenever, um, you know, honestly, this, this podcast, uh, you know, you reaching out and, you know, asking to have me on, that's, that's a benchmark of sitting there being like, wow, you know, somebody wants to ask about this and find out the story behind it and stuff like that. Um, so thank you, uh, for that opportunity for sure. Um, I did a, uh, Kentucky bourbon, Kentucky Derby raffle with a barrel. Um, and I mean, the feedback was just absolutely incredible uh, on that. It had, you know, a ton of people paying for entries, which is, you know, just incredible uh, to me. So there's been, yeah, throughout the, you know, a t- little over two years, there's been a couple of benchmarks here and there where, um, yeah, I definitely have to take a step back and just, you know, actually be appreciative of, you know, what this has become because it's, grown far more than I ever thought it actually would. And I must say, I I admire the humbleness in you. Like, I remember I came across your your page around October. October 17th, I sent you a message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first message to you was on October 17th, and I, and I complimented one of your pieces you were working on. And when I started really paying attention into your page, you know, there's this thing, there's actually somebody's work and then seeing that personality of that person and how humble he is with his work. Like, you're literally like, do you know those people who you're like, fuck, this person is so talented, but you feel like either they know it and they're really cocky and not showing about it, or they just, they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it do that, but yeah, that's nothing. Like, you know, I feel like I could do better, that kind of attitude that's what i got and i was like okay i kind of like the personality too and as i kept on watching i was like i remember i think on november 3rd and i was like okay i I gotta have him on my podcast and just hear his journey and story and then you kept on shocking me i need i need to read something can i read something for the people yeah yeah go for it you're fine 
on December 21st, you posted um, a very nice reel on, on um, Instagram. An amazing experience. Add an incredible opportunity to provide holiday cheer by spreading 825 from my first three barrels in December to very well-deserved well individuals. <clears throat> it was great to hear each individual's stories and tradition around the holidays. A large part of life re relates... Oh, oh, my God, sorry. A large part of life relates to how you can impact others, and we often find ourselves operating in sorry self-serving ways. You never know the impact helping someone may have on them. I urge everyone to reach out and help someone, whether it be monetary, with a gift, some kind words, or much-needed support. The world is a better place together. I want to thank all my customers as they provide me with the financial opportunity to have this awesome experience. A second and greater thanks to Kel. Okay, I can't read all these handles, but there are four people for helping bring this idea to life. This was posted on December 21st. And when I saw that reel, um, I had actually, a week before all that week, I just recorded and put up a Gratitude is a Must uh, episode, my last episode. In October, I lost my job. And life was pretty shitty, but for, for some yeah. person whose life was really shitty, so mm. much confidence. I had so much love and so much kindness around me. And I always tell people, I'm a very good person. I'm a very giving person. So I feel like it always comes back, especially when you're do it, doing it with not expecting to get that back. Like you're just doing it. Like I'm just naturally kind. I'm giving not with any expectation. I'm giving just to give because mm -hmm. we, there's this belief in the more you give, the more you get back. I, mm -hmm. I, I live in that. And when I saw you do that, and um, I believe it was two months before also, you were celebrating your two year, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you also did uh, uh, a giveaway. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how much these barrelheads cost, but I'm pretty sure they can't be cheap, which we're going to get to that. <laughs> but <laughs> to be selfless, to take out, because that's your time, right? Most of the right. time when, you, when, when you're doing it and getting paid, your, your time is paid for. So this one is mm -hmm. you taking your time to create something for someone for free just to show appreciation. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, this Instagram, which says, believe, be patient, be humble. Really, you are really a humble guy. So I want to ask that Christmas share, where did that come from? What, what made you decide that I want to do this? Because I mean, 825, you could do a lot. You could have booked the ticket to, to German next year for this yeah. year. You, know, you, could have, you could have bought some uh, paints because I know paints are not cheap. Like you could have, yeah. but you decided to spread that around and sing those videos, sing. And you literally took your time to listen to their stories and then help them out to have a great holiday that was beautiful to watch i cried i watched it like two three times i shared it and i, I, kept it. I sent it to people i was like yo this is what it's about so what made you do that yeah um so i guess i guess like to start from uh the beginning of why i'm conscious of these things is my my background actually uh in school is psychology so human behavior and all that i have a um, i should have known i should have known yeah so i have a bachelor's in psychology and a master's in sports psychology um so human behavior and you know um 
your actions and thoughts influencing, uh, you know, how you feel and all those types of things or stuff that try to be consciously aware of within myself. Um, and whenever I go through something or I'm just struggling or not as happy as I feel I should be, whatever the case may be, um, something I always do, um, is take a step and really focus in on how many blessings and things that I have in my life that, um, you know, unfortunately other people aren't privy to. And that, you know, during that time, uh, there was nothing overly traumatic, but just, I think, I don't know, it was a time of um, self-reflection and there were things that I was not happy with or feeling like, um, you know, I should have more wherever the case may be. Um, and that, you know, once again, that gave me the opportunity to step back and say, you know, there, there's plenty of things that I have that other people don't, um, have, uh, the benefit of having, I have an amazing family, um, you know, that we spend a lot of time with not only my intermediate family, but extended family as well. I have an amazing group of friends, um, and a large group of friends. Um, that's something that, I definitely don't take lightly, uh, you know, again, financially, I'm not <laughs> Bill Gates or anything. I, I wouldn't say, you know, I'm rich by any means, but, you know, having a, um, having this barrel business, having a, uh, what started as a hobby, um, that actually, you know, helps me, you know, pay rent and pay bills and do other things and stuff like that. And, you know, like I said, in that Instagram cap caption, um, provided me the opportunity to donate that money and it not, you know, be a huge hit on me personally and stuff like that. Um, all things just to be grateful for. So um, when looking at doing that, we had, I, with, with stuff like that, kind of keep close to the vest before I put it out there. Um, there's a few people that um, are, I'm really close with that I'll reach out to kind of be like, you know, here's my idea. And, you know, I lean on them to help me execute it. So those people who, um, which I'll give them a shout out, uh, Rachel Olson, Kelly Ol Kelly O'Rourke, uh, Lauren Jones, Bailey Thompson. Um, but I kind of reach out to them for different ideas and say, you know, how can we execute this? So um, with the Christmas video, we actually started at um, Walmart. The idea was to go around and ask, you know, some different people, um, you know, what's the best thing about their holidays? What's, what's some of the hard things about the holidays? You know, especially for uh, parents, it's something uh, growing up on the, you know, growing up now on the back end, seeing that, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes in, you know, to the holidays for most, for most people, you know, uh, as naive as we are as children and that Santa just brings it all, you know, it's really mom and dad, you know, setting aside money, saving money, working overtime and stuff like that to provide their kids, um, you know, with that Christmas or, you know, whatever holiday experience. So um, the idea was to go there. It was tough for several reasons. Um, you know, you can't just randomly walk up and film somebody. They're going to be like, what are you doing? Uh, you know, we were going um, after our individual job. So it was late at night and uh, by no fault to the people that we were, you know, asking or, or kind of scoping out, but, you know, probably weren't in the best mood, you know, it's seven o'clock on a Tuesday, they've been at work all day and stuff like that. So it just, just made it difficult. So um, yeah, we kind of regrouped and, and, thought about, you know, waiters and waitresses, um, you know, they're, you know, working. they're serving you. It's easier. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you have that one-on-one connection, uh, the conversation's already there. You know, I was, it's funny. I was talking to one of my friends about it and I was like, you know, if I was in Walmart shopping for my kid and, you know, three people came up and were like, Hey, can we ask you a couple of questions? I would, I would be like, no, <laughs> you know, it's, it's late at night. I'm tired. Like I, I just want to like, especially yeah. recording me and you want me to tell you my worst part and my best part. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, it's just loaded conversations and stuff like that. So um, we found that, yeah, doing the restaurants with waiters and waitresses was far easier. And I mean, you know, really in that, uh, you know, we got lucky with, with the waiters and with the waiter and waitresses that we talked to. Um, they were amazing people. They had very cool, um, and unique stories. Um, you know, one, one lady, she had, you know, like 25 nieces and nephews and she was saying, you know, typically on Christmas, it's just too much to, you know, buy presents for 25 kids. That's a lot of people, stuff like that. So that was, that was great to be able to help her, you know, get something for them. Um, another lady was talking about, you know, just her hours being cut down because of COVID and stuff like that. They're not open as much. And so she hasn't received as much, you know, especially in the service industry, you know, tips are massive. So, you know, they went, they went a long time without receiving tips and without seeing customers and stuff like that. So, you know, that was very beneficial. Um, The one, you know, gentleman that uh, we had, he was going to visit his mom. So, you know, whether that paid for their experience there, whether that covered his flight, you know, whatever the case may be, we got very lucky that we found great individuals um, to, you know, do, do that thing. So again, it really just stems from, you know, that simple idea that, uh, you know, no matter what you're going through, there are still blessings in everyone's life. Um, And there are still, you know, on the flip side of that, other people are struggling with things that you don't know about. So, you know, I always always talk about, um, you know, I I would say, you know, money like that is always going to make people happy, but, um, you know, just a simple, you know, Hey, what's up? How are you doing? A handshake and, you know, Hey, can I help you with that? Those small gestures, you know, really can go a long way in impacting someone, um, you know, helping them have a better day. And who knows that may be the one thing that turns it all around for them. So, uh, just that idea of being grateful, um, in my own individual life and the things I have, and then also, you know, realizing that, you know, other people need help and, you know, it doesn't have to be in large ways, but, you know, just a little something here and there or a word of encouragement. That's so great. Like I can even sense, feel the humbleness when you're sharing these stories. And um, I like that you actually spoke to them and related with them. So to me, I'm hoping that one day I can carry that tradition of yours. Hopefully. Appreciate it. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's, it, it it's a nice gesture, especially again, as I say, I, I went to a rough, a rough time in October. And trust me, when I got fired, I came home and um, I battle with depression. So I have my mm-hmm. moments. So I came home and I was like, okay, I don't want to talk to anybody. Then it was Wednesday. Then I was literally supposed to, to renew my list on Thursday. I'm like, who the fuck renews their list? And they don't, they're not even sure how they're going to pay the rent. But I was like, you know what? I asked my landlord, I was like, can we push it to Saturday? Something came up. She's like, cool. I gave myself that weekend. I was like, allow yourself to cry, to die. Because I literally yeah. was like, fuck, my life is coming to an end. You know, losing your job when the holidays are also coming and you have all these plans when you're not prepared, it is not easy. Even if you didn't like the job, trust me, it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it's Remind myself how grateful I still have because I am because I again I had amazing friends and family who made sure that I was straight and 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 sometimes we we tend to have when those little moments happen to to cast the entire year like it was the worst year just because of one tiny part. So mm-hmm. I was like, no, I still had a fucking great year. A lot of amazing things happened. This is a hiccup, yes, but I'm a push through. And mm-hmm. I started realizing that the more I'm grateful and the rest I'm worried, shit just go up. And so yeah. no, 100%. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely uh you know, that's that's kind of like where I was finding myself. Again, it wasn't necessarily that one event happened or there was some tragic event that happened, but just little things here and there. And it is. It's easy to magnify and focus in on, you know, the negative and the bad and things that are bothering yeah. you. Um, yeah, that that clouds a lot of things, kind of shields you from realizing, you know, how many things are going well. So, um, you know, as you were saying and as we talked about, you know, finding – time to step back and just really have gratitude can really open, uh, open that back up to, you know, seeing all the good that, that you have in your life. And, you know, from there, uh, you know, I think, I think there's something in coming out of, um, you know, a time of struggle and understanding how, how that it's not necessarily an easy thing. Um, and knowing that it then makes you more, um, I guess, apt to go help other people, you know, do the same thing. And that's, that's something that I really enjoy doing. That's aside from the art, that's more of my psychology background. Um, I think coming to fruition, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was an incredible experience, a truly an incredible experience. I'm a giver. Like I like giving gifts. Like it doesn't, it doesn't like, um, well, it's not just birthdays, but Christmas, even Easter or New Year or Thanksgiving. Like I'll find any reason to give my friends gifts. Or even if uh-huh. I see something that I'm like, oh my God, this one will like it. So to the extent that my friends these days, they're like, Paula, please, no more gifts. And I'm like, it's not like, it's not like I plan it. It's just like, yeah. I get excited when I see something and the thoughts of, it has come to my attention that I am a very good gift giver. So I like when they get, I'm like, oh my God, how did you know I wanted this? I was, I'm like, oh my God, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> Especially, yeah, when you're talking about friends and family, I mean, there's definitely um, uh, some satisfaction and happiness in your own self seeing, you know, the people that you care about be happy. So it's a very, yeah, giving's a very important part of life in, in my opinion. Also, for anybody who's not following Ryan, y'all need to follow him because I get jealous. Daddy doing some amazing stuff. Like, I need to come to Kentucky and hang out with him and his friends because <laughs> they're always doing some fun shit. Like, literally, I'm, a, I'm an outdoor person and I'm a very adventurous person. So every time I look at your space, I'm like, <laughs> like I, I'm liking it while I'm hating. Like Loki, yeah. I'm hating Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I got. I got to tell you, it gets uh, it gets a little busy and hectic from time to time. It, we definitely always have something going on. That, that's yes. Yeah, t- towards the end of the year, I feel like y'all were just. I was like, yeah. I ha- I have the wrong friends, man. Yeah. I have the wrong friends. <laughs> yeah, we always. Yeah, we always talk about it and make jokes about. It. Sorry, there's a train going by, but. Uh, yeah, we always make jokes about that. It seems like there's there is a birthday every a wedding, a wedding I event, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, if, if it's not a birthday, it's a wedding. I mean, it's yeah, it gets chaotic. Uh, actually, I'm I'm very excited that for the rest of the month, I seem to have a bit of a break. So I'm definitely gonna be <laughs> gonna be taking taking that rest period, uh, making the bus out of it. All right. So you also mentioned um, your art being an OB turning into a business. How did that come about? When did you decide, like, okay? Um, I love it as much into Aobi, but it's time for me to now get paid for this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I would say there wasn't like a dis- – there probably wasn't a distinct mo- – actually, I lied. So <laughs> there was a distinct moment where I would say that I started thinking about like the price of my products. Um, so really outside of the first one I did, from that point on – uh, people were paying for the barrels. Uh, I would say the shift from a hobby to a business mode was um, actively focusing on growing my page and marketing my product um, and making sure that, you know, everybody that I knew knew I, I had this. Um, going outside of that, that everybody in the communities that I'm frequently in, um, you know, like, uh, I play volleyball at a place called J-Town Beach, uh, making sure that they all know that this is something that I do, stuff like that. Um, so really, uh, I would say outside of the first one, I've been paid for everyone, but it was going from waiting for somebody to reach out and say, hey, I saw that you did this for, you know, John, I would be interested in getting one instead of being like, I'm going to put myself out there and my product out there. Um so now they don't know, you know, now they don't have to know John, you know, they don't have to know anybody. They see that, you know, I have this product. Um, what's crazy to think about is originally how little I was charging for them, uh, which I think, you know, it's just, I think it stems from, you know, a lot of things. One, uh, I guess not, one was kind of that uncertainty on my end, you know, would people pay this amount for this product? And again, that goes back to, um, how I was talking about, you know, the perfectionist side and kind of being unsure about my art is, you know, what people act, do people see the value in this? Because when I look at it, I see, you know, this mistake, that mistake, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what they see, that's worth this amount of money. Um, I'll probably charge uh, about half of what I, what my minimum is now, which is crazy, <laughs> crazy to think about. But um yeah, as I got out there more and just started making more pieces and it became more of a regular thing, um, you know, you you talked about getting positive feedback from people and friends and all that and the way that it impacted you. And that is definitely something that drove me. Um, you know, there, there were a couple of different pieces where here and there just, you know, again, just kind of blew up a bit and got, you know, a lot of feedback i don't i don't say this in a uh a cocky way by any means but there's some you know like logos and stuff that i do where to me it's not challenging and part of that is just my you know which i'm grateful for but part of that you know is my ability um part of it is that i've you know now done you know an incredible amount of barrels where just all right this is the logo get it done get it out um and it's definitely something I don't take for granted, but it's kind of funny to hear the other side where people are like, that looks so amazing. And in my head, I was like, 
I didn't find that challenging by any means. So it's just, it's an interesting dynamic, but having them have that feedback of, Oh, I really love that. Um, and realizing on my end that to me, it wasn't overly difficult. It wasn't something strenuous. Um, you know, I've had, I've had moments throughout that where I'm like, all right, I'm kind of the shit at this. And it's, it's a very like eye opening experience because I, you know, I don't want to sit there and be like, you know, advertising myself as, you know, oh, I'm dope, this, that, and the other. Uh, but, and there's certain instances where that happens and that's where it really is like, all right, you can, you can make a business out of this. People will pay for their product. People want the product. Um, more recently I've had um, individuals saying, you know, they'll give me a team or a uh, college that they want done, but they say do something unique with it, which is really cool because then it's not just, you know, the cookie cutter logo, it's them trusting also my creative side to make something unique. So um, really just stems from that feedback, just having that constant feedback and seeing how much other people um, appreciated it and wanted it and wanted orders. And, you know, it's turned into people want it for their weddings and, um, you know, home buying gifts and stuff like that. That's when it's kind of, that's how it's, you know, just step-by-step developed into something where I was like, okay, this is, this is a business. And that's um that's so true. By the way, uh, I'm big on feedback. So people people who don't like feedback, trust me, you're sleeping on yourself because you can grow from the feedback. Mm. And Ryan, you are allowed to be cocky. It's your fucking ass. <laughs> Do you remember when I was describing you what I said? I said that when I looked at it, somehow I was I could tell that it's either cocky and thinking, Oh, you guys find this cool, like that's nothing. Like I can so I, I knew you had that in you, and, and, and it's allowed. Like that—that's your work. That's your shit. Yeah. You did that. So by all means, be cocky. Like I remember when I did—I um, had this Mother's Day episode where I interviewed my mom, and then I interviewed my bonus mom. Oh. I hate the word stepmom. And then in between, I had like six questions I was sending to some of my friends who wanted to participate who were mothers, and those who picked the same question, I had to kind of the question and then put all the answers then jump that way it's not like repeating the same yeah. questions with everybody and for a person who was still new at this and i was able to transition and edit that and make it sound so cool after that episode because it took so much work to kind of catch everything and you have to keep on listening back to make sure it's straight up before you and I hate listening to myself. Like, I hate everything because I hate listening to myself. Like, bro. So once I completed that, I was like, fuck, I'm the shit. Like, this shit took so much. But at that point, I was like, I'm fucking a podcaster. You can't tell me shit. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... I think think with with me, it it again goes back to um, the subjectiveness of art and I guess me growing up in sports. So again, like in a, in a sports setting, like I'll, I'll sit there and, you know, say that like, yeah, I, I am better at this where I'm like good at this. And I think because at the, you know, at the end of the day, there is an objective score that is kept. So if my score is higher, you know, I did better. There's your proof where like art being subjective, um, and I'm sure everybody feels this way and I feel this way and, you know, it's not to, you know, 
downplay anybody's work because everybody has their own vision. Again, it's the subjectiveness of it. But, you know, there's tons of art where I look at and I'm like, I don't like that. Or I'm like, you know, how how is this getting so many views? You know, this is a square with, you know, a dot on it and stuff like that. Um, but with there not being some type of objectivity to it and like a definitive, if it, I guess in art terms, if you could say, you know, if it looks like this, this means it's good. Um, with it being subjective, I find myself being unsure all the time of it, especially when I'm doing these kind of like one-off canvases that I've been working on. Um, again, it's, it's, it helps me to have those perfectionistic tendencies and push myself and continue to kind of build on things. But it's also um, detrimental at times because I really do, I see every mistake in my head. And again, you know, that's, but that's also, you know, again, the reason why the feedback means so much to me, because in my head, I'll see all these, you know, imperfections and stuff like that. And to have, you know, people give positive feedback and think that it's, you know, awesome and all that. That's when I get that feeling of like, okay, I'm the shit. Like I can, I can do this. So the feedback is huge for me. It is. And sometimes it also explores something you didn't even think about because sometimes from my feedbacks, I learn something and I'm like, you know what? Now that you mentioned that, I could mm-hmm. actually use that and do this and turn it into this. And I remember when I attended Podfest last year in May, um, shout out to Travis Brown. I love the man. Um, they were doing a one-on-one where um, you can get your podcast reviewed or your oh. Instagram page, the kings of social media. And so I signed up and we know each other too virtually, but this was the first time I was attending it in person. So I was meeting everybody for the first time. Yeah. And when I saw him, I was like, hey, Paul, I saw you signed up. You're going to come. I'm like, I don't know. I just signed up. I'm like, Bell, because I'm like, I'm like, I want the feedback. But you know, when, when it's through an email or a message, somebody doesn't have to see how your face changes. Because right. yes, nobody wants to get criticism, but 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 it's good. So yeah. I'm gonna get mad. I'm gonna get wise, and I'm gonna be like, you know what? They're right. Let me let me try this. So um, I'm like, don't be scared. Just come. I was like, you know what? When else am I going to get a person who's very good at his job right here in front of me to give me the feedback that I need? Yeah, right in person. Yeah. So I went and surprisingly, it didn't have much negative to say. A lot was good stuff. He congratulated mm-hmm. me. But he did tell me to change my logo. That's when we went and rebranded into a new logo. Okay. I was like, very good, he was yeah. like, this is your podcast. It's about you. And you have so much energy. Put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. Brand yourself, of course. Yeah. So it was like, but the, the fact that I got more positive than any negative in my head, I was like, I get back. Like, I was so scared. I could have missed this is a good stuff you had to say because I was going to stop myself from, oh, I don't want to hear something. Right. Shit, what I'm but I realized in order for me to grow, because I'm seeing, like, just what you said, you see other art and you're like, that ain't shit, but it's getting more. I see other podcasts and I'm like, that ain't shit, but <laughs> because either they have a good team that they can pay or some great connections, and, yeah. and I'm like, you know what? At least I'm willing to take all the the feedback because I want to grow. I want to keep being the best, even yeah. though I know it. I want people out there also to know it. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so you catch part two coming out on Friday. Mm-hmm.